Welcome to Career Crossroads Uncorked, a series of member chats inspired by good drinks and current talent acquisition trends. Your hosts, Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin, break down today's recruiting headlines while reviewing a select beverage of choice with industry leaders and influencers. Join us for a drink and conversation. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Hoyt with Career Crossroads, and this is another episode of Uncorked, where we pull together some of our favorite industry uh, recruiting personalities and recruiting leadership to talk about the state of a topic within talent acquisition over a drink. Uh, And so uh, I've, of course, got with me today Jerry Crispin. Jerry, say hello. Hello, everyone. And I'm thrilled today because we are actually combining (laughs) both TA and wine uh, in more unusual ways today. So it's great. <laughs> Good stuff. And today's guest, we have Susan Hensley, VP of HR at E&J Gallo. Uh, Susan, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your role and what you do over there at Gallo? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. And you know, when you work for the world's largest wine, we're getting to talk in a podcast about wine. Uh, feels like a treat, particularly if you're not one of the wine experts. So I feel like way out over my my skis and, and some of this. But I've been with Gallo be 20 years. I'm currently vice president of HR. I oversee all of our centers of excellence. So talent acquisition, total rewards, organizational development. Uh, And the partnership with Career Crossroads has has been great. You guys have been unbelievably helpful and supportive as we've been uh, searching for our new leader of of talent acquisition. Uh, Former leader, you know, took a developmental role here at the winery. He's actually doing a big cross-functional move. And it's been such a a terrific partnership for our talent acquisition managers and for me to get to know you. I, I feel really, really lucky. And then the way you set this up, that we're actually going to talk a little bit about wine and have the conversation over a a glass of wine is a, is a delighter to, to be industry specific for us. Uh, you cool. want me to tell you a little bit about what we were thinking of trying today? Sure. Yeah, be great. Okay. Awesome. So as I said, Gal's world's largest family owned winery, we have 15 different wineries up and down California back in 2015, uh, August, 2015, we purchased a Talbot winery in the, the Monterey area, really renowned for awesome Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And, and for today, we're going to be trying the Talbot Cali Hart Pinot Noir. So I know Jerry, you are a, a wine lover and connoisseur. I am just getting mine going. I'm curious to know any thoughts. I pulled the tasting notes uh, for it as well. So as I said, for a non-winemaker working in a, a wine company, it's always a little daunting talking about wine, but I'd love to know what, what you think when you try it. Well, you know, I I really know that I have a, a kind of a minimal palate. You know, it's I don't have the mm-hmm. kind of thing that a a true connoisseur is able to uh, to get to. But I I you know I appreciate it and I love it and I enjoy it. So when I smell it, I can smell the cherry. It's fabulous. Yeah. And when I taste this particular one, um, I do taste uh, the cranberries. It's obviously very fruit forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, is not uh, known for having extraordinary complexity like some of the other grapes. 
but you know it's not intended to it's it's the opportunity is to have you know a fresh enjoyable uh flair and it goes with some light snacks and foods and goes with a lot of different kinds of things so a lot of people do love it from that point of view yeah you know oh i'm sorry what chris well, I, I was going to say, I, get, I, I got a taste, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, def, I definitely taste the red cherries. Yeah. But, but I'm, you know, like, like Jerry said, you know, I don't have a, a depth of a palate. I mean, I remember uh, wine being um, something my, one of my grandmothers used to drink all the time. Uh, not, a, not terribly complicated or choosy. I mean, I think I even remember her maybe putting sweet and low in it uh, at one point. <laughs> so, <clears throat> not a terribly refined palate. Uh, in, my, in my house as a youth for red wine, but red and Pinot have sort of become my favorite. And that, that might have something to do with my business partner over the last few years. Yeah, might have something to do. You know, we actively market about 100 different brands, if you think about it. And across, everyone has different tastes, different things they like, different price points. You, you celebrate different things. And so, you know, at the end of the day, it's honestly, it's what you like. I, I like this Pinot when we were talking about what we wanted uh, just because it is sort of soft and silky, and you're right, you've got the cherry. Uh, I, as I said, I pulled the tasting notes. Jerry, you nailed it in terms of some of the crushed cranberry, a little bit of red currant. So it's nice. Um, it's just after lunchtime here at the winery, and today's food truck Thursday, and I knew we were going to have the, the Cali Heart, and it's uh, Slider Day is our food truck Thursday. So in, in doing a light pairing, I managed to pair mine with a a steak slider. That's not bad. Let's keep drinking this and keep talking about it a little bit as we go sure. through. But I know um, uh, the other part, the other half of the conversation we'll have today is about uh, a recruiting topic or a TA topic yeah. uh, that's mm-hmm. important. Susan, I think you had mentioned uh, something of interest to the teams at Gallo right now is uh, branding or social media and management work. Uh, do, do you want right. to expand a little bit maybe on sort of the journey at Gallo and, and we can kind of dive yeah. into what, what Jerry and I are seeing and what you guys are sort of experiencing right now? Sure. So if you think of the the journey at Gallo, right, it's an 85-year-old family-owned company that's always been really, really great at marketing wine and wine brands. In, however, the digital age really started, you know, say maybe like 10 years ago, if you think of where we've been in our recruiting journey, and then fast forward to like three years ago, the need to really market yourself and your, your employment brand just exploded. It, it changed with what uh, talent could do. And it's tricky for what is basically a very, very private company, if you think of where we speak uh, where we come from corporately, we've always let the, the various brands speak for themselves and marketed there. And when we developed within our talent acquisition team, you know, several positions that are all about the employment brand brought them in. So we needed to view this journey very differently than how we had viewed it before. It was interesting. We thought, oh, there'd be so much work to do. But they really looked around and said, there is such um continuity in the family ownership in the values and what we stand for that was finding ways to bring that to life and as we've been really focused on that in the last I would say three years more more so but we've been playing in it with 10 you've seen how it really starts to to pay dividends on some of the the social media platforms you know using some of the analytics 
uh, for our career site. So I think we're really excited about that, you know, as the job market continues to heat up and, and tighten, really being able to attract top talent and put forth who we are early on the discussion so that candidates can think through, does this fit? Are they interested in in what we offer? And the, the strong cultures helped us and really the work our employment branding team, I think it's making it, um, it's, you know, we joke that our, our tagline is perfect pairing, right? Gala Career is perfect pairing, but it does really, really help in that sorting process. So we are particularly excited about that. I think it's great. I love the working the analogy in terms of wines as well. When you talk about, mm-hmm. you know, pairing an individual to a culture, yeah. um, you've got all kinds of potential for how you can do that and become much more transparent when you think about, you know, uh, the culture of wanting the wines to speak for themselves and be transparent and for mm-hmm. people to touch them, to taste them, to smell them, to look at them. You know, you want, you want candidates essentially to do the same uh, for your culture so that they can identify those things that resonate. And yeah. some may be ready for it now, some may be ready for it later, and some probably should be taking a quick look and saying, I want to drink your wines, but uh, it's, not the, it's not for me. Right. Exactly. There's, you know, the, the keep going with the wine analogy, there, there is really something at, at any, any taste at different life stages. As I, as you think about a, a, a career at Gallo, as I think about it, I'll be here 20 years. I've done a number of things, even rotations in Asia and finance and operations and strategic planning. So we, we've hired for the long term. Wine is a long term investment. It's, it's a privately held company. So we're not thinking on quarter, right? We're thinking about a long career and what are the needs for a long career? And I'll play just one more minute with the, the wine analogy because you inspired me there. Um, if you think of how your palate in and of itself has evolved, right? You start with really easy drinking and simple wines. And if you find you enjoy it, you start to understand the power of food parents, everything you've become just over time, much more sophisticated, very similar to, to a career. And we do so much recruiting at sort of that, that college and, and entry level. It's that concept of being able to, to grow and develop, um, you know, over decades, quite honestly. Yeah, I, I think what's I like the I like the pairing analogy because I think it also it also carries something forward from a, an employer branding standpoint uh, and delivery that that a lot of times gets overlooked, and that's the ability to deliver a clear message that allows people to easily opt out. So it's not it's not about all about attraction and pulling people into the organization, but it's really about letting people see some clarity in the organization that they can go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely not necessarily going to be a match for that, or that that's sort of not my thing. Uh, and I think that's that's a, an easy step for most to overlook, especially those that are kind of young in the game in terms of uh, you know trying to get that brand and and awareness out there around their culture. You know, you bring up such a great point, Chris. Um, our values. I, I think everyone talks about their uh, their values. So we're not unique in that way. I think we're unique in the stability of them and the sorting that occurs. Uh, one of the values is, is humility. And it, when you know the family, you see that play out. But how it plays out as an employee, because many um, prospective uh, employees, candidates haven't seen that as a value. How it really plays out here is that that willingness to learn from others, 
And it's that sense we'll describe it is if you like to come, if people build on your idea, this is the place for you. If you need to be the person with the idea, this is not the, the place for you, right? It, it's that deep collaborative building. And it's really interesting, particularly at certain stages when you talk to it, there are, are people who, who really do sort of want to come up and, and be able to choose a, a path that is much more individualistic within a company and have a high sense of ownership. Others who are very comfortable with having people build and build and build. So at the end, it's a collaboration. Uh, it's, a, it's a good sorting for us to really talk about that value more uniquely. Yeah. So, um, to the, so to the wine for a second. So, yeah. so Pino, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and I, you know, granted, I'm a, I'm a budding wine snob. Uh, so I'm okay. doing the best uh, at my wine snobbery. But isn't Pino the, the, wasn't there a movie made about Pino? Was that the Sideways movie? Uh, so it was the Sideways movie. And it was uh, what I call Pinot positive, I believe it was Merlot negative. So you've got to recognize we love all varietals because there's someone, something for everyone. But yeah, as I remember sideways, it was a sideways phenomenon. It was crazy. We own a, a couple wineries down in, in the uh, San Luis area. But yes, I, I think there were many ways he phrased his <laughs> feelings about I think it was Merlot that he disliked and it was all about the Pinot right I think you're right yeah I think he had some colorful phrasing uh for it was Paul Paul Giamatti I think if I'm getting the name yeah the actor but uh he was not a fan of Merlot drinkers if I remember right no 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 it it is so funny because yeah I mean Merlot definitely has a a a place and a fan base but oh my gosh after that movie because as I said we do have two two properties down there in the area Bridalwood and Edna Valley but it was crazy you know it takes a small independent film some sometimes and it just it takes off um so yes good memory you know one of the things that um just because we have you and, and, and really everything falls under you in terms of HR. So, so this whole issue about from, CA, from the, the human resource side of things is when you, when you are really looking at the future of your workforce, the emphasis that you want to place on, on either buying individuals or building them long-term. Um, and I think that Gallo seems to have a very strong focus on the on the building side, and and so that's a that's a key issue. But how do you how do you manage that? Is there a way for you know from a from the HR side of things to be able to bring both TA and development together in a way that says we need to be able to hire people not just who can do this job but who we can build not only perhaps even in a given function, but be able to help cross them to other functions, because obviously you've done that. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate the question. And when we interview, we actively think about three, four moves down the road. I mean, our our. CEO Joe Gallo is amazing in his his belief. And like I said, I've personally seen it play out. You see it play out all around us that people should come in. We're a really vertically integrated company and the ability to do lots of different things and feel like you have uh, 
had five different careers without ever having left the, the company has been really, really appealing to candidates. Now, I think most candidates, when they get hired, think, oh, they'll come for a few years. And then all of a sudden you turn around and people have been here 10, 20, 30. There's two folks on my team who are celebrating 40-year anniversaries. And it's it's really a, an amazing thing when you think about but with that kind of longevity, you have to integrate. And the entire time we're talking to people who are thinking of, of joining the Gallo family, we are talking about long and, and fulfilling careers, whether it's in a function or whether it's, it's moving cross-functionally. Uh, I get asked to, to speak a lot and, and mentor. I had, as I said, a bit more of an extreme career than some other people in terms of the variety of functions I've moved through, but it really is about competencies um, crossing over and understanding the, the values and how we move through it. So with every hire, um, and it, it sounds crazy to say every hire, we really are trying to project two and three moves as much as we can down down the path because it's really that important. And the whole act of recruiting is time-consuming, expensive. It's disruptive for candidates, particularly if people move. So our, our goal is to have talent acquisition really be the gateway for you know, a multi-year, if not decade career here. And when I think about that, that's, that really requires of the recruiter um, a broader view of not only the job itself, but really what that could lead to. It requires uh, some, some pretty, I think, open kinds of thinking on the hiring manager as well, who wants to get stuff done. But <laughs> if we, if we do it a little bit differently, they might uh, lose that person to another place within a year or two years. So those kinds of things are all considerations. I'm sorry, Chris, I know you have something to say on that. No, no, it's fine. Uh, I, I was just going to ask, you know, with the with the buy versus build sort of mentality, and, and you guys are so great at, at moving talent internally, Susan, I just, you know, in the last few years, uh, you guys have really elevated your employment brand. Uh, you've been uh, high, highly ranked on Glassdoor. You've made a couple of lists. I mean, you, you, you rebuilt a career site, uh, if I remember right, from scratch, and it's gorgeous. It's, it's one of my favorite career sites, uh, aesthetically and easy to get around in. Uh, was that a build or a, or a buy initiative? Or did, did you guys kind of grow the talent internally and move them in and put them in stretch assignments and, and take that on? Or sort of what was the, I guess I'm wondering what the mentality was or the, the technique was to sort of pull that together given your culture. Sure. No, it's a great question. So specifically as it relates to, to employment branding, and, and you're dead on the, the moves we've made in the last you know three to four years have been really intentional because of what was going on um, in the marketplace. And we're really, really proud of the work that the team has done. And I believe you've, um, I know Carrie's come to the colloquium. She came from an, another company several years ago. Now with that, that was, as I look at our talent acquisition team, most are, are grown within. It is a space where you're always looking for certain skill sets. Um, when we did go out and bring, uh, bring her in, ironically, she's been a single employer. We, we talk a lot about, Gallo, about longevity with employers. And so it's really interesting when we do recruit is we tend to look for people who've been with one employer and is advanced because that's you know, our, our goal in making a hire is that folks are here in advance and, and grow careers. So when we started the employment branding effort, did come um, from sort of similar 
similar industry really gravitated toward the the values and what there was to work with and now has been able to continue to grow and expand expand her role. So it's one of those cases where I would say you want the there's always a need to do some buy for perspective and we love you know we love partnerships like career crossroads just to keep your our thinking you know fresh and new ideas coming in. So even if you don't buy as much as other companies to your point the need for constant learning and upping your game is, is really critical. It's um, it, it, so the, the, the tie I wanted to try to make to, to the movie sideways is I thought that sort of sparked a, a passion uh, for Pinot drinkers. It's, I mean, I know that this is, you know, Pinot Noir is one of the more passionate uh, group uh, has one of the more passionate followings, I think reportedly for, for this. And every team member we have met, uh, at the Gallo team, like when they have come to the colloquy meetings or they've been involved in our exchanges, uh, has a fire lit uh, in them for the work that they're doing or to try, try to network. And it's just pretty impressive to see people that that fired up, uh, you know, and and just full of heat on the work that they're trying to get done. I think it's great. Yeah, they're all oh. fun. Oh, thank you. Well, they, like I said, they have uh, this year, and you know, full transparency, it's been a challenging year with without our, our leader talent acquisition place and the development and the best practice sharing they've gotten through through Career Crossroads has, has been invaluable. And, you know, as we have talked and gotten to, to know each other, it's really, really helped us. If you think of where we've been this year, just even on, on Glassdoor, we we jump from sort of a, a top 50 rating to number 14. That is a, a team, really, of, of four managers. We are small and, and nimble that have, have done it and do appreciate all the, the support and development and best practice sharing they've gotten through being part of this organization. Um, I'll say something for a minute about Glassdoor because it's been really interesting for us to to watch it when we first started, um, put a page and then started doing uh some some job postings is you know we're a fairly small small company right about 6,800 employees and we have been shocked at the reviews people write we know we have a really engaged workforce that's part of what attracts folks to us they feel the enthusiasm you've met all four of our talent acquisition managers you feel their passion they're very similar to the other 60 you know 800 employees here so it's a highly highly engaged workforce and then when we ended up starting, we said, you know, write reviews and if, if you want to, we never force anyone or different people all of a sudden, and then we read them and we respond to the reviews, right? Because of course, we're not gonna say, we'd love to know what you think and not respond. It was really interesting to see over the last year what happened. I remember the first time, because any, any review, uh, my name's on, on a lot of the reviews, I read them all, write them all and, and want more feedback. The very first time you start to really engage that way, rather, you know, with candidates, because it's anonymous on their end, I, I will admit it's a little, it's a little frightening at, at first. And it's like, what's this going to be like? Then when you start doing it, it is absolutely thrilling because you feel like it's going to help you improve with every interaction, right? If the, if the goal with each interaction and each candidate touch point and each experience is to get better and create that feedback loop that I think today's candidates are expecting in terms of, you know, transparent, uh, transparency and willingness to engage, it's really been an exciting journey. I have to admit, though, it was a little frightening when we, when we started it. We weren't quite sure what that would be like. <laughs> 
Career Crossroads Uncorked with Chris and Jerry. We'll be right back. Hey, Chris Waite here. Uh, Just interrupting this podcast for a little bit of uh, shameless self-promotion. For those who aren't already aware, Career Crossroads is a community of peers who are passionate about recruiting. And this, this literally is a community compelled to improve Uh, who is knowledgeable about their function, and who is willing to share with each other competitive practices to literally help raise the knowledge base of our profession. Uh, Member benefits include networking, uh, the sharing of innovative trends and and competitive practices, uh, nine to ten meetings that take place uh, around the world throughout the year, uh, thousands of vendor reviews, exclusive discounts for our members, uh, and a pretty extensive research library and meeting content archive. Uh, Obviously, content like this podcast show uh, and even recruiting jobs that are posted by our member companies. And those member companies number uh, in excess of about 110 uh, member companies and brands. So just a just a tremendous amount of value that comes out of that. We are constantly studying the recruiting landscape and it is a labor of love for Jerry and I. It's never a job. We certainly enjoy being challenged about things that we don't know. You know that we'll track them down, and we'll always introduce you to the best people that we can find. Our colloquium members can get our advice via email, phone call, text messages uh, at sessions, or an occasional, I know this is a shocker, after-hours session uh, at many HR conferences. Uh, And it's also the content out on the website now is no longer just exclusive uh, to CXR members. Uh, You can become a site member for free. Uh, You just hit the login and register button that's on the top right of careercrossroads.com and use the site membership and that'll unlock uh, the remaining bits uh, and content uh, throughout the site of the headlines and then of course some of the things that are there for for download and the research stuff. So if you're interested in learning more about Career Crossroads or even uh, from a company membership standpoint, uh, I would just encourage you to head out to www.careercrossroads.com. That's careerxroads.com and check us out. I'm going to take you back to the podcast now. Back to the show, Career Crossroads Uncorked with Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Career X Roads. How uh, companies manage the feedback to Glassdoor uh, from their own employees, as well as how Glassdoor engages candidates to kind of talk about the good and bad. It's kind of interesting and certainly very helpful in the long run to be able to, to engage that. That's your public persona there. So you've got, you've got some great, a great starting point and I think a, a great ramp uh, to be able to you know, move it even higher. I have a bit of a love-hate uh, interest in Glassdoor. Uh, having you know, having been a practitioner not too long ago, uh, those guys drive me friggin' crazy sometimes. Uh, and the model is fascinating from a business standpoint. But it's interesting over the last, I guess, maybe five or six years to have really seen uh, some employers truly be able to move the needle with regards to engaging uh, candidates or really listening to. Uh, the feedback that they get. And I feel like if you kind of go, if you go half-assed uh, in on that effort, you, you're not going to get some of the return that you that you really could get like organizations at, like Gallo uh, who are all in on actually taking the feedback seriously, running the numbers, uh, you know, pulling the stats and going back and really evaluating if they're making a difference and, and how they can move that forward. So I think, um, I think it's interesting when you find a company that's actually making a difference using a tool like that and they yep. really are making a difference. They're not just running a flag up saying, hey, look at us, we've made a list. So it's, it's kudos to you guys. Or cheers. I guess it's cheers to you guys. 
<laughs> always, always cheers. Thank you. So, so one of the things that I'm, I was very um, uh, thrilled to see was Deloitte's most recent survey came out, I believe, uh, within the last three weeks and focused in on high-performing uh, talent acquisition organizations. They, I think, surveyed more than 800 companies, looked at the differences between them from a performance point of view, but they identified six characteristics that were more common among high-performing TA organizations. And one of those six was that 75% of the high-performing organizations focused on improving candidate experience year over year. Not necessarily trying to go from zero to 100, but, but moving the needle each year uh, versus only 17% of low-performing organizations were making that effort. So, so this attention strategically of corporations for um, examining that stakeholder and how we're treating them and how they're responding is becoming, um, I would say, much more common than it was five, 10 years ago, uh, where, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, so we get rid of them, we get new ones, you know, who cares? Uh, we didn't hire them, so, you know, how, how hard could it be? And, and now we're realizing that there's a cost to treating candidates, even those you don't hire, poorly. Um, you know, and so uh, the Talent Board is a nonprofit that focuses in on that kind of research. Uh, full disclosure, I'm, I'm one of the founders of Talent Board. Um, but, it's, but it has become uh, really one of the standards, if you will, in terms of being able to do some uh, quality research. And it's probably the largest collaboration of corporations uh, literally in the world. That's great. Thank you. I, I need to find that because what's interesting in a, in a consumer product or if you're a retail company is every candidate's a potential consumer, right? So the sure. candidate experience is, is so, so critical, not just to Gallo, but in, in any company in your, your space. And yeah, the more feedback loops so that want to see the Deloitte survey. And I'm really, um, I'm excited. This has been great to look into to talent board because it really, in my mind, for, for what we do, that loop is, is critical. And you, you want it, you want to know what you do well, so you keep doing it, but you really got to know where you've, you know, maybe had a misstep and well, out how to else. do it. When better. you get a new TA leader, you're going to have something to talk to them about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Fingers crossed. <laughs> do you, do you um, does, does the Gallo, how's the Gallo team broken out from a, from a social media and management perspective? I mean, do you have a, uh, you, you know, you mentioned earlier you're a small but mighty team. Do you guys have some of the work broken out? Have you have you structured or considered structuring COEs? I mean, we we are talking about jobs that literally didn't exist, you know, seven eight years ago at all, uh, and now these we see these centers of excellence or centers of experience or centers of echo whatever uh, popping up everywhere. Uh, and dedicated teams being built, and and to be honest uh, and really candid, a lot of dedicated businesses being being built around this avenue. So, what's it look like at Gallo uh, from your perspective when you guys sort of take on social media management work? Sure, it, it's an interesting. I, I appreciate the question 
pure, talking purely from talent acquisition, because once again, if you're actively marketing, you know, a hundred brands, there's a huge uber talented arm that we help to recruit for of, of folks who do that in, in brand work, right? When you think of doing it for talent acquisition, it is a mighty team of, of two people right now. Um, and their scope is huge. And I'll, I'll talk to you about it. And what they've been able to do, there were things we thought maybe we would need some agency partnership with that we've been able to continue to uh, bring inside and realize we want to own. So mighty team of two in charge of the employment branding. You mentioned our, our career page and the various social uh, social media avenues that, that were out there in, in terms of sensing Responding, we do all of our own sensing and responding. I, I mentioned that. We think it's so critical because of tone and values and what's unique about our culture. When we really started to get more serious about this, we weren't sure we can handle the workload. We weren't sure what it looked like. Um, and we've actually found that at first we were going to uh, use par uh, perhaps a, a partner agency and we realized we were better and faster and that the tone's just right when we, we write it. So it is very small, but they are dedicated within the talent acquisition team. Uh, and the other natural synergy we found, so their scope continues to expand as our employee resource groups are, are growing and taking on a, a lot of energy and there's much more we want to do with it. We're really, really excited. We have two more ERGs launching. There's so much interplay in our company, at least, with our diversity and inclusion initiatives and employment branding and social media that they've gotten really involved with working with and supporting our, our ERGs. And I would not have necessarily seen that synergy if we had done this one year ago to where we've evolved now. And so I joke that the mighty team of two, we've just put uh, more work on, but it, it builds if you're thinking of how we're doing profiles and articles and videos. And when we're doing the analytics of where people hit on our pages, we have a really diverse population that we do want to showcase in various careers. And so you see that as they're supporting and working with our employee resource groups. So no, it is, is two people and their scope is expanding. Cool. So what do, you, what do you think the biggest challenges you guys uh, are actually facing now from an, from an employment branding perspective? I mean, you seem to be on a bit of a roll. Uh, you guys have your rhythm down. Uh, you've got your small but mighty team uh, pushing forward. You guys are making changes that are, that are you know, making a dent in the business for you. Uh, what's next? I think we're all facing a really, really tight and hot labor market. So how do you how do you keep upping your game in that? Our business is constantly innovating different different skill sets that we we need. How do we support um, really the, the winery's growth and, and growth goals? I've been asked that question a lot and it feels like to your point there is a lot that feels like it's been working. The minute you say this is working, we're okay, it slips uh, it slips away from you. So we have a completely full slate. You know, we're exploring uh, different uses of AI. There's always things on your career site that we want to get to. I think it could be so much more user friendly as we use AI, chatbots, more videos. Uh, we're always working with helping potential candidates understand our, our location, right? We're in the, the Central Valley of, of California. Most of us live here and, and love living here, but sometimes in attracting candidates, 
Um, there's a lot of educating to do until they come out. So I think there's more we can do around location. People think of California if they're not living in California, and they think of uh, like San Francisco or L.A. where We're not. We Modesto feels much more like a, a Midwestern city, but with, you know, much more sunshine. It's about 75 degrees here today. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Don't so there's there's <laughs> always so much more. Are you guys cold right now? Uh, not in Dallas. We're not cold in Dallas. Yeah, okay. but I'm in New Jersey, you know. But I, I do agree with you. That that issue about um, location has to be central. And it's it's twofold. One is what attracts people, what can attract them. And once you've attracted them, I think the onboarding then becomes critical for someone from the, from the outside that that first six months to a year in the entire family has to be fully, fully engaged. Um, it's not just the person who, who you're, who's working for you. It's their entire family. And if, if there is a way to expand that and provide something really cool around that, then you've bought them in for life. Yeah, you, know, you know, one of the you said two things actually that that sort of resonated with me. One because of my own experience, and then the other because of an item that uh, or a segment of our space that's that's gaining incredible popularity and momentum. But the first being uh, a term I learned while well I was at PepsiCo, but a house of brand versus a branded house. Uh, and you guys definitely have that challenge, much like uh, you know yourselves, PepsiCo, Marriott. Uh, and several others who just have a tremendous amount of brands that they are working with and working to staff. Do you guys, do you find any uh, synergies or some easy partnerships internally? I know that sometimes that can be a challenge with the consumer side and the marketing side. And then I think uh, sometimes teams are able to sort of crack the code uh, and get a really nice partnership uh, built from within, even though it may take, absolutely may take years to get there. The way that looks at Gallo, part of our development with, with marketers and different teams is that they work on a number of different programs over time. So uh, I earlier in our conversation was talking about with humility as a core value, that means allowing ideas to build in the pace at which we are developing our marketing talent you may stay within a certain type of wine, you know, a luxury wine or something, but the expectation is to work and bring fresh eyes to different brands because you're constantly trying to bring new consumers into a brand and, and that fresh eyes, I, the belief is, will really help that. So within that, I think unlike probably larger companies, um, that doesn't, we don't tend to get the silos per brand in the way you would because every X years we're really moving folks through a variety of brands. A marketing career here, we'll see a typical person move through variety of brands and then even, you know, business units from perhaps spirits business unit to one of the premiums. So there, it's really the expectation that there's a lot of movement and seeing things from the, the broadest perspective. That's great. Do you, do you have any movement uh, that comes from the marketing side into recruiting? I mean, we're seeing that uh, sort of bubble up in some places. I mean, you guys, uh, as, as uh, small as you are uh, from, a, from a scale perspective, I mean, have you seen any movement move from marketing into recruiting or vice versa? Uh, so, yes, on both fronts. It, it tends to happen at different levels in, in folks' career, right? So, at the... Um, more junior levels, it's, uh, we've definitely seen folks enter into, and I'll talk about recruiting specifically, enter into talent 
uh, acquisition move over towards uh, marketing events roles. If you think of it, wine ambassador roles, so much synergy in working, you know, tasting rooms, working with, you know, consumers and the products. You get a lot of synergy that way. I I was smiling because the other day I was meeting, uh, you know, names have to be, uh, you know, protected to, to protect everyone. But I was talking to someone about what we were really doing here in recruiting and they were telling me and their top, top marketing talents, like, I would love that. I would love to do that. And I'm thinking, oh, we don't want to let them know, uh, be stolen. We have pretty robust for our size undergrad and graduate MBA recruiting programs. And we're always using the folks from those schools out. So it's really part of everyone's job to help recruit. And I think one of the things that the team has done really, really well here is partner with the business, right? There are certain things that a a talent acquisition team is expected to do, but really we live or die based on the business's engagement. And given the collaborative nature of the company, people make time to interview. They make time to to go on campus, make time to meet people. Jerry, a minute ago, you were talking about what a big move it is for someone in their family. We take that really seriously as a family company, knowing that your your employees only going to be as engaged and productive as their their happy and their home situation works, whatever whatever that may be. So we spend a lot of time trying to, in the um, attraction and assessment stage, pair people up and talk about it. It's one of the reasons we started the shuttle buses. We're piloting a bus right now from Oakland. A lot of our marketing talent is uh, living in Oakland. And so we've got shuttle bus coming in over the Altima that way. We already have one from the East Bay. So it's trying to also be really flexible about meeting employees where where their lives are. Gotta love that. That's great. Now, I do want to come back to the wine ambassador job because I feel like if Jerry and I decide this whole career crossroads thing isn't going to work and become, become a thing, we we might want to opt in for that. But uh, the the other topic you mentioned too, which is which is gaining a lot of popularity, and we're fairly into the year. Uh, Jerry and I have already been to a handful of events that are focused on artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, and a lot of this from a, from a, there's a lot of bot chat and chat bots and all that good stuff that's going on. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have, I mean, we, we can obviously, you know, throw a word salad at you uh, about all the stuff that sort of we're seeing and talking about, but what are, what are your thoughts from a Gallo perspective on, uh, on this evolution, this new technology? Is it for you guys or is it for you guys yet? Uh, we have two initiatives around it this year, very specifically in recruiting. We're going to be running um, one pilot that we're already through contract stage and really are, are developing um, that the metrics around it. I'm sure at, uh, upcoming colloquium will share all about it. And then we have a, another initiative for later in the year. So, yeah, we spent last year looking at it, trying to figure out who might be the, the right the right partners and where we wanted to to dip in and yeah it in 2018 um, we'll be looking at, at two components and then as we look out into 19 I think it will will pick up pace so it cool. there's a lot there that I think can help us I mean yep. I am very very excited about it but I also have just enough um, <laughs> I'm probably old enough to have felt I joke about like the the heartbreak of expectations or the heartbreak of old <laughs> system implementation so um, I am cautiously optimistic how about that I think that's absolutely the perfect position you should be in um, you know encouraging the people who have to do all of this and execute on it 
to make it work as best they can. And then early failure is a very important thing to understand so that we get the hell out of it and recoup what we can and start over because the goal is still has not gone away. Um, but the tools may evolve rapidly enough that we learned enough that now next time we can make a better choice. <laughs> yeah. And I think this has been such a hot topic. So our members for the listeners who may not know at Kirk Crossroads are, are, our members actually vote and elect what the topics of the following year should be. Uh, and, and bubbling up to the top in the forefront was the, was the topic of bots and AI. And so uh, Jerry and I put together uh, a cloak with me. We'll be doing it in Boston. Uh, it's on the 23rd of April and it's at the Converse headquarters. Uh, Converse is hosting or Nike Converse uh, is hosting and it is automation and innovation. So recruiting automation in that topic. And we're, we're pretty excited about that. And that just continues to gain uh, momentum. So uh, we're, we're really looking forward to that. I expect we'll see some Gallo folks out there. <laughs> I, I just wrote it down. I'm going to check with the person in charge of our pilot. So as we wrap up, I'll be walking out uh, to make sure he is registered for it. <laughs> That's cool. So, and, then, and then, of course, uh, we expect that he'll be able to share what he's got. And then we'll, we'll get other companies to do the same kind of thing. So we know where we are in today's time frame. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, so in the spirit of sort of wrapping this up nicely, I got to tell you, I'm on my third glass. I'm feeling pretty good about this, uh, Pino. Uh, I, am, I, am I imagining it? I feel like I'm getting, um, and I'm awful at this, so please don't judge me if I get this wrong. But I do feel like it's, there's, it smells like oregano when I take a, uh, is this an Ital- am I getting an Italian thing out of this or am I just hungry? You know what you conceivably could be getting? I, I, so I wasn't so much um, I was waiting for to say drunk. <laughs> Jerry, are you getting any of that? No, I get a little spice, a feel yeah. to it, but um, I'm not sure what that is. And I don't so have it- words. You know, it's, it's wonderful. And I think sommeliers um, have to learn a lot of funny words to be able describe what the hell wine is. I don't know where they come from, but they must be in the back of the dictionary somewhere. Um, I just don't have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's um, So when thinking about what you could be getting, Chris, I just took another sip, is um, some of the uh, French oak from it. Uh, um, uh. You know, I was going through a taste. So it could be that. There's you know, you've got the ripe fruit, a little bit vanilla, but French oak. But once again, if you've enjoyed three glasses, then um, as long as the word enjoy is in there, you're in good shape. <laughs> it's no problem. It's no problem. It's delicious. <laughs> it is. And and uh, for those who have followed us this far, that uh, Talbot Cali Hart Pinot Noir. I have 15. What do you have, Chris? Is, you, is yours 15? Uh, actually, uh, so I have 2013. Um, and it, oh. it's a pretty affordable bottle, actually. This it was, is. It's under oh, 20. Mine was under 20, and uh, that's fine for me. Yeah, this is a this is a great. While you're working, have a drink with your friends. Drink, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. As I said, one of the many benefits of being a winery. Yeah, mine, uh, Jerry, is a 2015 too. So you and I are drinking the, the same vintage. Yeah, when we were doing it via email, I was thinking, wow, we're going to be all over the place. We'll see what we came up with. Three different locations we 
Uh, you know, Ga Gallo is kind of hidden in the back on this thing, though. You don't, you don't know as easily that this is a gap. I mean, you, you are that far behind all of these things. Yeah. That, you know, the, the, you know, the winery or the producer, et cetera, the, you're just not, you're not up, up front on all of these pieces. So you have all of these, as Chris was talking about, um, these brands that are very independent um, and are understood in their own right not necessarily as a part of Gallup. Exactly. Yeah, uh, candidates, and, and anyone, it's not just candidates, right? It's friends and, and family if you work in the, the industry, right? It's, so it's NJ Gallo Wineries, the, the corporate name, and we do have Gallo Family Vineyards, and people may know that, but they're blown away when there's 100 brands, right? And they'll hear about the acquisitions, and as we continue, we have a, a luxury division which does, you know, imports, you know, through Italy, France, all sorts of areas. And it's just because each brand speaks for itself and wine is so unique and, you know, dependent on, on location, whether it's Appalachian or however you look at it, it's, um, you know, it's really the, the goal to share wines with the world, but it doesn't need to be, to your point, Jerry, that, that the Gallo company's name is on the, the forefront. Each brand really has its unique place and positioning, particularly ones like but there's 15 different wineries in California, each that have their own, in most cases, tasting rooms, unique histories that have been built up. And we really work hard to preserve that. I think that's wonderful. And how many employee, if you looked at all of Gallo, is there a number that's that you could estimate in terms of total number of employees? Oh, sure. We say um, under 6,800 employees. Hmm. We um, sell about 90 million cases of wine globally. So... Okay. A lot of wine, a lot of, like a lot employees, of, a lot of wine out there. <laughs> Gallons per wine <laughs> per person. Yes, I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, I, I just want to say thanks. Uh, Jerry and I are, are just honored, Susan, to have you on the call. Uh, we're so excited. You guys, you know, you, you continue your membership with us and your people continue to tribute, uh, excuse me, continue to contribute. That might be the wine kicking in. Uh, continue <laughs> to contribute. Uh, to a premier talent acquisition community. We're excited to have them uh, engaged and we just, we just really enjoy uh, the conversations and we're excited you took part of this one. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Honors all ours. It's really been a terrific, terrific partnership. So thank you guys. Cool. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Career Crossroads Uncorked. Chris Hoyt and Jerry Crispin look forward to sharing more drinks and conversation with you next time. Until then, cheers.